Welcome to the How to Buy and Sell a Business, Business podcast. podcast. Thank you for joining us. As a reminder, legal topics we're talking about today is not intended as legal advice for general information purposes only. No attorney-client relationship is being formed by this podcast. We're happy to chat with you. If you've got questions, feel free to reach out to us. You can find information on our website at www.goformandlaw.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Buy or Sell Successfully podcast. My name is Sam Foreman. I'm a business attorney here in uh, Wichita. Our firm serves the uh, Kansas and Missouri markets. uh, And I'm pleased to be joined uh, by my co-host, Jake Wayman. Yeah, I'm with Orange Theory and I make people cry. No, I make people healthy. (laughs) He does make people healthy. It is hands down uh, one of the, uh, well, not one of, hands down, it is the best workout I have consistently gotten. Uh, I've had times where I'll burn like, you know, 800, 900,000 calories in, in under an hour, which is good because I'm currently working on a donut that probably has beer, bacon, and maybe a pound of sugar in it, which is hard to do with a donut that probably weighs, you know, three ounces. But um, we're really excited to talk to y'all today. Um, this is episode two um, out of an eight-part series. We're really trying to give folks uh, a, uh, you know, high-level overview of the process of buying or selling a business. We're going to hit a lot of topics at a high level. Um, really wanted to uh, uh, educate, empower, and equip folks to have a really successful process buying or selling a business. You know, maybe you've you've bought or sold a business in the past, but it's been a while, and you're you're looking to uh, reimmerse yourself in that process. Or maybe this is the first time through for you. We want to see that be a successful process for you. And so we hope that um, uh, this information will be really helpful, and we hope in the process um, you will be uh, uh, entertained by some of our our anecdotes uh, and our our fun factoids. So uh, all of this information, the podcast uh, and some some accompanying blog posts will be uh, posted on uh, our firm's website, goformandlaw.com. Thank you all for joining us today. So uh, today's topic is how does the deal process work? Um, We really want to talk through how the process works, give you a good overview so you can really start to put together the different pieces that go into it. Um, for a lot of po- folks, it's like, well, I, you know, I find I find the deal and then I have the documents put together and then I close it. And and really high level, that that's true. But there's a lot more that goes into it. And so we want to talk through that in a way that hopefully will help you um, really have a good uh, good handle on how things are going to work. So let's do start with that first topic, though, which is finding a deal. Uh, and Jake, you know, as an experienced buyer of a business, um, why don't you talk to folks a little bit about, you know, some of the deal about the deal that you you did buy, and then mm-hmm. also a little bit about how you've looked at other deals, <clears throat> and how you found them, and then how you've evaluated them. Yeah. And, and, and talk about that process a little bit. You know, I'll, I'll boil down to it's like dating. It's like dating, you know, there's, 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 there's times that it's exhilarating. There's times that it sucks. Um, there's times that you find some, you know, just thing, things that just aren't that great out there too. And I mean, <laughs> but there, there's no, there's no Tinder or eHarmony or anything for buying a business. You can't swipe right and, you know, hope for the best. Um, I really can't believe I just did a Tinder reference in uh, the middle of a, of a podcast about buying a business. But anyways. Our savvy producer, Jason, make yeah. sure that that stays in there. Make yeah. sure that's on the promo um, and that's featured at a prominent level. Sorry, well, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead but like, so yeah. fi- finding the deal, I mean, for, for me, I think I looked at probably, you know, six or seven um, businesses out there that I, you know, had the opportunity to at least 
talk about, you know, purchasing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, it's like dating. It's like, it's trying to figure out, you know, what works, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What are you good at? What do you like to do? Because mm-hmm. buying a business, I mean, that's going to be what you are committed to. I mean, you're putting resources, you're putting your time, your energy, I mean, your assets. I mean, you know, sometimes at some points your your house is on the line, your cars are on the line. I mean, things that are that are there. And so you have to really enjoy it. I'm not saying that, right. that, that you know, Every when you buy a business is not going to be all rainbows and sunshines the entire time, but you know it's you got to make it sure. is for our clients, yeah. all of our clients, all rainbows clients. and sun, sun, sunshine yeah. all the time. So I mean, all it's really yep. it's really looking um, at yourself and saying what's a good SWOT analysis on yourself. You know, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? You know, where do I have opportunities at? Where what are the threats that are out there? But on yourself, and you know, and that's where when I was doing mine is is I went down you know um, a couple different paths of looking at different businesses and was you know a few months into it and realized you know this isn't a fit for me. This isn't a fit for what I'm good at. I don't understand the industry. I don't understand, you know, what what it entails. And so kind of with with Orange Theory is something that I'm very passionate about health and wellness. Um, you know, my wife is um, is a personal trainer and it's something that, you know, I look at the business model and I was like, I – I like this business model. It's customer service. It's B two C. It's 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 you know it's helping people you know live healthier, longer, more vibrant lives, and that's something that I'm about. And so it was really diving into the business itself and what it stands for, and and you know what it does on a daily basis. And I was like, I can do this process. I can I can be in a business like this and be successful in a business like this. So, but if it was like say construction for an example. You know, I love construction. I love what construction does. But if you give me a hammer and a nail, I don't know if I'm going to be able to put the two and two together sometimes. And so like I would not go that way because it doesn't fit where I'm at. I'll send you a YouTube video on that. Um, you can find everything on YouTube. <laughs> no, no, those are those are really great points, Jake. And I'm glad you brought those up. Um, I think it's really important, you know, for folks that are looking to find a buyer uh, or find a business to buy to really take time to understand what is going to be a good fit for me where I'm going to mm-hmm. be successful. Because it's not just getting the deal done and people can get into the process. And then it's easy because it is such an overwhelming process to become consumed with just getting the deal done because mm-hmm. they found a deal that they like that looks good on paper that they sometimes will lose sight of the fact that, hey, does this deal make sense for me as a person with my particular background, with my family that I'm bringing to the table? Um, and and how am I going to win with this deal on the other side of the deal after I get it closed? Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's absolutely critical. And you don't always have to know every everything about the industry or it doesn't have to be a perfect fit for you, but somebody on your team needs to be so well-versed in this business that they can help you understand, is this business actually a really good fit for you? Well, Um, and kind of of on that point is like looking at this. So when you're, when you're acquiring a business or even selling a business, you have to see your team. And, mm -hmm. you know, if you, if you are the the person who, if you're selling the business and you're the person who does everything in the business, and as a buyer looking at it and saying, oh, well, you do everything in the business. And so I'm going to have to learn all of that. Right. You know, and I think it's it's when you're finding a deal is is looking at the team that's in place that's actually, mm-hmm. you know, doing the work of that business right. too. And and looking to say, can I work with this team? Can I fit into the mold of this team? You know, and and there's a lot of that has to happen that because if there's a person who gets stuck in being more of a technical person in their right. business, that they're the ones who know how to do the thing. Right. Then that's 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 hard for you to to as a as a buyer looking at someone saying you you do the thing I don't know how to do the thing but that's all you do 
Yeah, no, and and that that plays right into uh, initial due diligence, which is a really yep. critical part of the early process. And it really goes in, you know, really closely with with finding and evaluating that deal. Is you've got to understand is this actually a good fit? And one of the things that we see folks sometimes miss initially is um, an understanding of of what the actual condition of the business is because it might mm-hmm. be a small business and you've got a founder who um, is irreplaceable in some respects because you know to use your example, Jake, they 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 do the thing you know mm-hmm. and they're so good at it because they've been doing it for thirty years that it takes them you know seventy hours a week. <laughs> Real example, seventy hours a week to do. Something something that's going to take two or maybe even three people to replace because they just know it so well and they're so good at it. And so you need to figure out, you know, as you're doing that initial due diligence, what does this actually look like? When I take the seller, for example, out of the equation and I plug in myself, you know, in a role or other people in a role, what happens to that balance sheet? What what happens to that income statement? How does this business actually fit together? I mean, it's one plus one equals three, you know, and it's really looking at that because, you know, if you want to just buy a business to remain in the status quo, you know, that's okay. But, you know, most times you're motivated to buy a business to grow it. You're motivated right. to do something different. So you have to ask yourself, can I grow this business? And kind of go in the initial due diligence process, you know, when I am always approaching any business, I mean, obviously there's always going to be a non-disclosure that's signed between you mm-hmm. and and the and the the and the seller to, you know, be able to have those honest conversations about things. But, you know, it's requesting certain certain documentation from them so you can mm-hmm. actually understand the nuts right. and bolts of the organization. And what I found is when you're requesting, whether it be corporate records, financials, those sort of things, if they don't if they're not able to produce those in a concise way, or if it takes them weeks or or like longer than that to get it to you, that should be a red flag. You know, mm-hmm. be in understanding where those are at. It's you know, again, it's it's right. going back to dating. Is what are the red flags that can come up right. in this process? And and either you know, sometimes folks are slow because uh, you know they're running a business and they're working eighty hours a week and they just yeah. don't have the bandwidth. And and so you got to take the time to understand as you're going through that process. You know, what, what is that lag time or why isn't this information in the condition that I wanted it to be in? Was it, you know, they're not spending money on professional services because they're trying to do everything in house and they're wearing too many hats or, um, or, or it's just, you know, family circumstances, whatever it might be, understand, you know, I'm a big advocate, give people the the benefit of the doubt initially, you know, same way you would in, in, in a dating relationship, for example. Yeah. Um, but, but then take time to understand and, and figure out how that works. Um, that, that initial diligence process also fits really well together with, um, you know, another early stage, uh, item, which is, which is initial negotiations. Um, and, and sometimes they're going to start, you know, with negotiations first and a little bit of diligence later, but really you're just trying to figure out, get enough information, get a, get close enough on terms to say, do I even really have a deal here? Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 it could fall under the broader heading of finding a deal, but, it, but it's really, you know, you, you've identified that you might have a deal partner, either a buyer or seller. And now you're just trying to say, are we close enough? Yeah. You know, I, I want to be at, you know, you know, two and a half times EBITDA and they mm-hmm. want to be at seven times EBITDA. Well, that's not a deal folks. Yeah. Well, and, and that's, and, that, and that's a great point you brought up is it's coming on to that, that, that not the, like the purchase price. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you're just talking about, cause if, mm-hmm. if like, if you said, if you're, you know, a lot off between what you are expecting to pay mm-hmm. and what they're expecting to sell for, then, then there's nothing there because, you know, and, and then you'll, and you'll fall into that too, to where a, an individual, um, a, a business owner feels like that they always think that, 
not always just as bad as this because like they think that they're <laughs> that, that that their their baby that they have is worth a lot right and and this is where going back to our previous podcast is the relationships is once you're able to you know once you have your you know people on your team when you're looking at the due diligence process, it's talking with them, you know, mm-hmm. understanding where what they think it's valued at because certain industries are valued at different places. And, you know, there's certain things that, you know, it's hard to put a, a dollar sign on, but there's value that's there, you know, right. and it's trying to understand what that is. And it is those initial right. negotiations. It's a very, cause, cause you want to not pay a lot of money for something. I mean, I, you don't want to pay over, overpay for what right. you're looking for, but also you have to understand this is their baby. This right. may be a company they started from scratch and they're growing it and you have to understand that and it's a touchy you know touch and go having that good relationship it is it's like dating again you know you're 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 finding out ways to you know <laughs> are you kissing a frog are you not kissing a frog i mean lots yeah. of different things yeah and and you know you've got to figure that out early in the process about whether or not your deal partner is a frog i i hadn't anticipated using that that uh, analogy but i'm really glad you brought it up um but but in seriousness that is what those initial negotiations that initial due diligence are going to help you figure out is is this a really a good deal that you want yeah. to be in because the deal process is expensive i mean there's no way around it to do it right mm-hmm. It's expensive and it's expensive in dollars, but more importantly, it's expensive in your time, which is the most valuable asset that you as a buyer or seller have to bring to the table Mm -hmm. is the time that you could either be spending on growing your business or finding another right deal partner or on going and finding a different business. Um, Real quickly, a couple, a couple other uh, thoughts on finding a deal. Um, You know, if you're looking for a deal or a deal partner, whether you're a buyer or seller, um, start building out your network. Um, Jake's a great example of somebody who's who's very well connected, very well networked, and that pays extraordinary dividends because when you're looking at a deal, um, you want to be able to say, okay, you know, hey, I found I met so and so, and I'm looking at this, and this looks good. You want to talk to people that may know them, maybe close enough to tell you really quickly. You're looking for credibility hacks. Is this a good person to deal with? Mm-hmm. Um, and you want a deep enough relationship with that person. You're going to ask so that they're going to feel comfortable being completely honest with you. Of like, uh, so uh, you've heard of the frog example, right? You know, <laughs> and then they'll and then they'll help you get there um, a little quicker. But also, your network can help you find good deal partners. Mm-hmm. Um, they can help you find. And, you know, and, and if you've got a particular focus on an industry, going real deep there, figuring out who are the bankers, who are the investment bankers, who might be the business brokers or, you know, the accounts or lawyers or whoever it is who's going to who's going to hear about those deals. And how do I get connected with them mm-hmm. so that when they come across something, um, whether it's somebody looking to buy or somebody looking to sell, they can help help connect me. So so think about those processes so that you have access to good deals, because a trap that some folks fall into is they'll just they'll see the first good deal and they won't be thinking about like, have mm-hmm. I done my diligence enough from an overall process to say, is this the best deal for me? Well, and, and kind of going into, you know, we're, we'll talk about a little bit about the financing side of, of a deal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you and the, um, and, and the, and the seller, you know, may come to an agreement on what the purchase price is going to be. And say you're having to go SBA route, you know, get an SBA loan. So the SBA will have to do a valuation on that. And so you, you mm-hmm. need, hopefully that number that you came up with is close to that number too, from a valuation standpoint, because, you know, that's where you fall into a place of, 
you may not have enough money from a bank standpoint to finance it right. if, if there's not that valuation that's there. So it's like spending a lot of time in the financials to understand, you know, what are you willing to pay for for this business? And do you have the the backing that you need, whether it's through investors, through, you know, um, small business loan financing, those sort of things. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to skin a cat, to be honest with you, yeah. when it comes to buying a business yeah. and how do you finance it. Yeah. And, and if you're the seller, I mean, this is where timing is important. Don't wait till the last minute. Start start talking to, if you think somebody's going to buy your business using bank financing, for example, um, you know, start talking to a banker early and say, hey, would you take a look at my business and uh, give me a sense of what you think it's worth? Like, yeah. what would you loan? What would you loan on this? Yeah. Where, where are my trouble yeah. spots so I can start, so I can start to, yeah. to get my house in order so yeah. that I am ready to sell? You're, you're bringing up mm -hmm. a good point because we're really focusing on the buyer side right now, but it's on the seller side is, you know, if you are, if you're in there and you want to sell within mm -hmm. the next, you know, one to two years, Right. You know, it's it's making sure that everything is is tight, you know, right. from from your finances, from your operations to everything. So when somebody does look under your hood, what are they looking for? Are they are they gonna find a limit of a car or are they gonna find a car that's been well taken care of right. that you know that can last for, you know, another hundred thousand miles? Make sure they don't find a frog in there because that frog is gonna not be in good shape. So But yeah, I think that is is like is is there's a lot of people that are that are thinking about what am I gonna do with this business because they're looking at retirement, looking mm -hmm. at what the next thing is right. and it's like okay well what's 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 your what what is the what does the engine look like you know right. is it something that somebody would want to purchase right you know there's an old saying that that the asset will find its way into the hands of the person that values it the most mm -hmm. um, but the value of the asset is not static it's going to continually change over time and if you're the seller you have a lot of control over that you have more control over that than anybody else mm -hmm. um, in terms of preparing that asset to be as appealing as possible to the buyer that you want to do business with. And so that's again, where having good access to folks that are going to help you find good buyers is really, really important because you want to have, it's a lot different to talk to somebody who's just looking at it as a financial buyer who might be like, well, I, you know, market is two and a half times EBITDA right now, earnings before interest taxes, depreciation and amortization, if you're not familiar with that acronym. Um, <clears throat> and you really need to get something else out of it. You know, you might need to be looking for a strategic buyer. I mm -hmm. mean, we've had, I've worked on a number of strategic buyer deals um, where, you know, some on the sell side, some on the buy side, where it is just incredible the amount that the right buyer will pay for the right business because it is worth more in their hands than it is in the seller's hands because they have the ability to plug it into their organization and take something that might return somebody else you know, 2X EBITDA and make 8X EBITDA, you mm -hmm. know, and they're willing to pay more um, <clears throat> because, because of that. And so you want to be thinking about that as you're thinking about, about your deal. I want to hit a couple other uh, quick points as we wrap up in terms of the process. And, and a big point I want to make is that all of these phases are not linear. You don't just find a deal and then you stop and then you do initial negotiations and then you stop and then you do initial due diligence and then you stop and then you do term sheet and then you stop. They all kind of flow together a little bit and they're definitely going to overlap and interact with each other. And so I understand that in the process. And sometimes you'll you'll circle back because you'll find something. Yeah. Well, um, after you finish your, your initial diligence, you're going to kind of refine those terms and then you're going to get into either, you know, letter of intent or term sheet probably. And maybe right after that or simultaneously with that, you're going to be starting your conversation with your banker or your investors to talk about financing and, and what that process looks like. You should probably be talking about that the same time 
If you're going to be bank financing, you want to be talking about that at the same time you're doing some of your initial diligence. Because, um, for example, if I'm working with a client who's using bank financing um, or if they're using investor financing, anybody who's not just using their own money <clears throat> is, uh, you know, you need to get as quickly as you can a really good understanding from whoever's going to actually pay <laughs> at closing um, uh, because they're really the buyer if yeah. you want to think no, about actually, it. That's a great, it's a great um, point. I mean, it's when you're saying who actually is writing the check. So in our, our circumstances, we went with SBA mm -hmm. and I actually had to go through three different banks before mm -hmm. we actually found it, but I was I still that. doing all of these other things with negotiations, due diligence, you know, letter of intent. We were doing all those things while I was talking with banks and trying to figure out who's able to finance this deal. And, you know, and, and, it, you know, we finally stumbled on, on a great relationship with Emprise mm -hmm. Bank and, and, you know, that's where we're at. And it, but in the end, it was like Emprise was the one who ended up buying this. So they wanted it. They almost have to do their due diligence mm -hmm. too, on top of yep. your due diligence. Yep. And they're going to requesting a lot of the same documentation too, because they're right. the ones that are at, you know, at risk with it because right. it's their money that's on the line. Right. And, and you got to get a good handle on what does their timeline look like? Yep. What information do they need as soon as possible? Because you want to know, you know, especially before you start spending money with lawyers and accountants and other folks, you want to know as early in the process, is this something that, you know, in terms of make or break, you know, the the, the bank or the investor, whoever is going to put that money in, you need to know that from them. And if you're on the sell side, you need to know that too. Mm -hmm. You need to be pushing your buyer like, hey, I need, you know, this approval or that approval. I, wa I want to see documentation or I want to talk to your banker. I want to know that you've got funds available yeah. for this unless it's just obvious from, you know, Ford shows up and says, hey, Sam, I want to buy this idea that you scribbled on a napkin while you're eating a bacon maple donut from the donut hole three minutes ago. Um, you know, you, you just want to know that, that there's, that there's really a deal there before you spend all the money and you go, you know, sharing all your information with folks, you know, even if you've got an NDA in place. No, I, I think that is because you're, you know, it's again, time is money. And, you mm -hmm. know, you as a, as a, as a, as a seller, you know, if you're motivated to sell, you want to find the right buyer and you want to have your time being wasted mm -hmm. because it is, you're, you're opening up a lot of information that's confidential right? that people are going to know about it. Well, and you're spending Spending money mm -hmm. and you're doing work on the deal, yep. um, taking a lot of time away from your family, away from your business. And, you know, as we mentioned in the last podcast, you know, deals can take six months. They can take longer. Um, that's a long time to be distracted from running your business. And if you don't have somebody who's got the wherewithal and enough motivation to make it happen, you know, there's 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 actual risk to you beyond just the cost. Yep. Um, you know, the financing process, it's going to start early. You really want to nail down as much as you can, you know, whether you're the buyer or the seller to make sure it's going to happen. Um, and then you'll, you'll, that process will just kind of continue on a little bit. There'll be pieces to do throughout it, uh, throughout the deal process all the way up to closing. But, but, um, at that point, once you really know that, you know, there's a deal in place, you know, so you've got the key terms in a term sheet or an LOI, you've got, you know, enough confidence on the financing, then you're going to get into some additional negotiations. You know, you'll, there's, you know, the LOI is, you know, frequently three to five pages long. Sometimes you see them eight pages, depending on the complexity of the deal, depending on the relationship parties, a lot of other, other things, you know, four or five pages is pretty common. Um, <clears throat> but you'll get into more complexity, you know, more, more back and forth on making sure you're on the same page on, um, on deal terms. Um, uh, you'll get into more diligence. Due diligence is going to start early with that kind of initial phase that we talked about, but it's going to run, you know, a lot of times throughout the course of the deal. And as people get into more 
you know, negotiation and be like, oh yeah, you know, what about this other thing? I need this report or I need this additional piece of information. So that's going to continue to go on. And once everybody's confident enough that they know enough about the deal and the deal points, that's when you really start getting into the deal documents. And so that's going to be your asset purchase agreement or your stock purchase agreement, you know, and, and all the other documents that are going to go into that. And we'll talk about that in a lot more detail at some point. Um, and then once you get through that process, you get to closing um, or, or at least signing the deal. And sometimes you've got a deal where you're going to have two structures, you're going to sign it, and then there's going to be a delayed process where you're going to figure out working capital and some other stuff, and then you're going to close, um, or it'll be a simultaneous sign and close um, on the process. Uh, and then there's the, the most important thing, <laughs> whether you're, if, especially if you're on the buy side, is the post-closing, <laughs> because now you need to go run the business and make the money to um, <laughs> finish buying the business <laughs> or to make it work for you. Well, and in, uh, even on that post-closing yep. thing, I mean, that, 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 that goes into the initial terms, LOI is, you know, that that mm -hmm. seller or, or right. how are they going to be, are they going to be there and involved, yep. you know, post-close, you know, as a consultant, as a, you know, as part of the agreement, be able to touch base on asking questions that got like ours is we had a relationship to where, you know, I was talking with him over the, the first six months on a lot of different things that was very helpful, but that was part of our agreement that we came into mm -hmm. that he needed to be there on a phone call if I needed him. Right. Nope. And that's, and that's critical. And if you're the seller, you know, a lot of times, and this goes back to that initial negotiations is you might be a, Hey, I want, you know, 5 million for my business. And the buyer's like, well, I'll pay you 4.5. Um, and then, you know, what's frequently done, or at least is discussed is, is some kind of earn out. Well, you know, if the business hits these benchmarks, then, you know, you'll pay me this. And so that post-closing time can be really important for the seller as well. Um, to drive value, to stay involved enough, you know, maybe they stay on in a consulting role or, or sometimes even in an employee role. Um, but that process can be really important uh, and mutually valuable to, to, bo to both parties. Um, uh, here's the last, last thought real quickly is, is make sure you keep a really sharp eye through your process on third party consents and, mm -hmm. and third party involvement. Yeah. Um, because it's not just the buyer, the seller and the banker, um, yeah, I know. A I, short I, children's story um, coming together there. Um, the buyer, the seller, the banker, and the frog. Um, you got to keep a really good eye on third-party consents and involvement because frequently those will be like, hey, we want to make sure we're far enough into it before I go ask you know, my, my customer that makes up 50% of my business to consent to this deal. So make sure you, you keep a sharp eye on that and that you have somebody who's got a lot of experience doing deals, um, helping coach you through that process so that you don't do it too soon. And you definitely don't do it too late if you've got a, like a hard stop on that. So well, yeah, cause, cause like even in our, it was a franchise mm -hmm. and the franchise could have said no. Like the franchisor could have said, no, I don't want to work with them because they had to go through a process of actually getting approvals from, you know, area, large area franchisees on that process. And then also our, our leases, the leases on our, our locations, you know, mm -hmm. there had to be approval from the landlords for right. them to approve you to take over their lease. Right, right. And, you know, it's, it's a good thing as you're, as you're, you know, back to the last podcast, thinking about the overall process and you're mapping it out is think about all the things that have to go exactly right. They have to go exactly right in order for the deal to happen. Um, and then figure out when are you going to do those things? Mm -hmm. Who's going to be responsible for them? And where do those fit into the process? So they make sure that they happen at the right time. So you have a really good deal process. Um, so with that said, thank you folks for joining us today. We hope that this overview of how the deal Deal process works. Um, the second part of our eight-part series um, was helpful for you. Uh, we'll look forward to talking to you in more detail about things. Please check out um, our firm's website, goformanlaw.com. We'll have the podcasts posted there. 
Um, we'll have them on a variety of uh, very accessible, very cool platforms um, that I can't think of right now because uh, my technology and culture brain has has shut down. It's his donut. Uh, it's eating. the donuts. It's the donuts. The donuts are are blocking all of the. You know, they're interfering with the two brain cells that need to connect to do all that stuff. So, um, but we really appreciate you joining us today. We hope that you have an extraordinarily successful deal process, whether you're buying or selling. Um, or transitioning to the next generation of ownership. Uh, Have a wonderful day, and please join us next time. Thank you.